Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Jesus didn't just talk a good story. He lived it. He lived in the anointing of the power of the Spirit of God. One day when Peter and John, through God's power, they healed the lame man. And they were brought before the religious leaders. And they looked at the guys and they go, that's fishermen. Never been to Bible school. Didn't have a computer. Were clueless about the religious things of the Jews. But they made an amazing statement that I would love said about me. We don't know what happened here, but these guys had been with Jesus. That's what I want. Jesus said that his disciples would do the same things he did while on the earth and more because the Holy Spirit would come and live in every Christ follower, not just in him. The reason for that indwelling was so that we would be able to be instructed by God as far as how to live and spread his gospel. Pastor Mark is teaching about the necessity of having the Spirit being active in us. It's impossible to live the life God intends us to live without being indwelt by the Holy Spirit. It's critical that we seek Him out and ask Him to live through us to touch the lives of those around us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with part 3 of his message, Knowing Christ Better. believe that God orders your steps? He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. Now, if I'm going to have a real intimate knowledge of Jesus, it's going to show in a lot of ways. But the primary way it will show is the next statement you want to write. As we get to know Jesus better, we will have a heart for the lost. See, you can't know Jesus and not know what he's about. It's impossible. True story. A Texas newspaper carried a great article on the front page. There was on the front page a picture of a full-grown woman who had her ear to the chest of a full-grown man. Now, without an explanation, the picture would be puzzling, but there was an amazing caption underneath it. Here's a woman with her ear on the chest of a man. This man had received a heart transplant from the woman's son who had been killed in an accident. She was listening to the heartbeat of her son. What was the heartbeat of Jesus when he was here? Luke 19.10 tells us, Jesus came to seek and save that what is lost. He came to seek. He always makes the first move. 
And in our services today, he's seeking you if you're not right with him. He's already begun to speak to you. You see, that was the heartbeat of Jesus. It would be to go and share the gospel, the good news, with people who are far from God. You see, lost people always mattered to Jesus. Now, if I have a relationship with Jesus, that's going to be my heartbeat. And it is. This church has five core values. They're all from the Bible. There are five C's. Let me share with you one of them in case you've forgotten. Here's one of our core values at Calvary Chapel. We are to communicate the good news to everyone, everywhere. Now, why did we come up with that? Because Jesus already came up with it. That's the Great Commission. Why do we have to share the truth of the good news to everyone, everywhere? Because of this verse. It will bring to light why you and I share the gospel. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4. Satan, and let me just stop there for a moment. Satan is also real. He's a real devil. Demons are real. Angels are real. The spirit world is more real than you and I are sitting here clapping our hands. More real than that. Satan, who is the God of this world, notice the word, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They can't see it. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Now, that's found in Corinthians. Who wrote that? The Apostle Paul wrote it. Notice what he says. Satan blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Whose mind had been blinded? Paul's mind. He knew why he couldn't see it. He always thought he could get to God by being good enough. And he discovered only forgiven people go to heaven. Well, how did that change take place? Jesus opened his eyes to the truth. Jesus appeared to Saul, who became Paul. He had personally experienced spiritual blindness before God. Opened his eyes to the truth. Well, why doesn't everybody just become a believer? They come to church, they hear this, and cool. Because their minds and hearts are blinded to the truth by Satan. You see, Satan's a liar. Do you ever wonder why we all have great neighbors? Good people, moral people, giving people, take care of us, do all kinds of things for us. But when you mention Jesus, and when you mention church, and when you mention the goodness of God... Boom, the wall goes up. Well, why is that? They're blinded to the truth of the gospel. One day you were blinded. So was I. Now, I have to tell you, as much as I love Jesus and know Jesus, I'll never be Jesus. You can't open your neighbor's blinded eyes. We've tried. That didn't work. Anybody try to get their relatives saved? Come on now, here's the truth. How many know that didn't work? Didn't work for you either, did it? So who has to open their eyes? Jesus. But who lives the life and who shares the gospel when there's an open door? That's you and me. And we're going to discover this truth when we get to heaven that billions of people never went to heaven because of 12 inches. They know about Jesus historically in their head, but it never reached 
their heart. Maybe that's you today. Or you're going to be here at Christmas. I mean, for sure, Jesus lived and died and was, I mean, Bethlehem. Wow, stars, Christmas. But it never went from here to here. You see, in the book of Matthew, Jesus says this. Many will say in that last day, I did all these things. And Jesus will say this amazing word. I never knew you. Whoa. Same words. Now, that's just not talk. That's your eternal destiny forever. So we have to be passionate about sharing the good news. But that isn't the end. Paul wanted to know Jesus better. Part of that will be sharing the gospel. But look at verse 10. There's more. And I want to know Christ. And here's the next two. The power of his resurrection. The fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. Verse 11, and so somehow to obtain the resurrection from the dead. Now, that's a little confusing. I'm going to try to summarize it and clarify it and make it simple for you. So here's the second thing that Paul says. Paul wanted to experience Christ's power more and more. That's what part of that verse says. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. That's what verse 10 and 11 says. See, Paul had powerful experiences as he followed Christ. When Paul began to study Jesus, he learned this key. That Jesus lived and ministered on the earth only by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what would Paul talk about in his life? What would Paul talk about in his writings over and over again? He would talk about the power of God which is not the ability of man, but the supernatural power of God. One of the most popular verses, the most pregnant verse as far as information, is Ephesians chapter 5. Paul would write, keep on being filled with the Spirit of God, the power of God. And when Paul would come into a meeting, Paul would say this, I didn't come to you with my wisdom, I didn't come to you with my oratory skills. But he said, I came today to present the word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to be. I didn't come here to try to impress you, to entertain you. I want you to know today that Jesus Christ is real. And you can have a vibrant, ongoing, extended, lifelong relationship personally with him. And to do that, you must learn to live under his influence, the influence of the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do what God's called us to do in our own ability. If you're here today and you're trying to do what God asked you to do in your ability, I already know the outcome. I've been there. It's failure. But we must... We must depend on the power of the Holy Spirit and what He wants us to do. Very often, as you know, I study lots to teach you. I try to make it relevant. I need God's help. He woke me up yesterday morning, gave me a verse. Some of the illustrations I'm using today were given to me as I walked to the pulpit last night for the very first time. See, that's depending... On the Spirit of God. Because He knows how to get it through to you way better than I could ever do. 
But I want you leaving this morning knowing that you can know Jesus more and more and more. And you can experience the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul knew the power of the Spirit so much that he wrote this amazing word. By the way, Paul raised somebody from the dead, just like Jesus, through the power of the Spirit. As Paul increased in the knowledge of Jesus, he'd write this powerful statement. I love it. Look at 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. Guys, it's not just our talk. It's got to be our walk. Jesus didn't just talk a good story. He lived it. He lived in the anointing of the power of the Spirit of God. One day when Peter and John, through God's power, they healed the lame man. And they were brought before the religious leaders. And they looked at the guys and they got, that's fishermen. Never been to Bible school. Didn't have a computer. Were clueless about the religious things of the Jews. But they made an amazing statement that I would love said about me. We don't know what happened here, but these guys had been with Jesus. That's what I want. By the way, they thought it was old. No, it was current and fresh. Because Jesus said, when I leave and go to heaven, I'll send you the Holy Spirit who will live in you. And he will help you do the very same things I've been doing even more today. It's not about a bunch of talk. It's not about a bunch of words. Words are fine. But it's living by God's power. That lifestyle is a lifestyle you want and I want. Number three, Paul wanted to live as Christ lived. And by that, I mean to die to self, to suffer, and be resurrected. Let me read to you out of the New Living Translation, the last part of that verse 11. By the way, when I read this, you won't hear these words read. You won't find this verse circled in many Christians' Bibles. Notice what Paul says. I want to suffer with him. See, that doesn't preach today. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience a resurrection from the dead. Paul had painful experiences in his life when he came to Christ. See, we hear from the false prosperity doctrine today. Come to Jesus Christ, you'll be wealthy, rich, healthful, hundredfold. Everything that you need will be provided in abundance over. You'll never be sick. You'll never have a heartache. You'll never have garbage. Let me ask you a question. And I want you to really respond to this. How many of you in life as a Christian have had painful experiences? Let me see. How many? Sickness, bankruptcy, Car wrecks, all kinds of stuff happening. Your kids running away from home. Oh, how many get? Let's see your hands. How many? How many? Well, that means you're suffering with Christ. Jesus said, "In this world, you'll have trouble." Now, sometimes we go, "Well, Pastor Mark, why is that?" Well, it's because of sin. God never planned it that way. But I want you to see the difference. By the way, suffering in lots of different forms. It grows us. It matures us. When I suffer, I'm usually drawn back to Christ. Maybe I haven't had a devotion time for a long while, but when I suffer, oh God, the report came from the doctor. And I can laugh now, but it's not laughing when you get it. That's when I go back to Christ. See, suffering brings me closer to God, actually. 
Paul says, I want to suffer. So all of you that are Christ followers, you raised your hand. Let me ask you another question. Do you know unbelievers, people that aren't Christians, do you know any unbelievers that suffer? Same hand should go up. That means everybody suffers. Doesn't matter whether you're a believer or unbeliever. Everybody suffers. But there's a huge difference. As a pastor, we often go to hospitals, car accidents, morgues, funeral services, obviously. If the individual who's suffered because of some tragedy is a believer, that's way different ministering to them than if it's an unbeliever. In fact, many times I walk away from disastrous situations where the person doesn't know Christ, isn't interested in Christ, and I basically say to myself, I don't know how they're holding it together. You know why? Because they have no hope. They have no solution. They're looking to man to minister in a need that man can't minister to. The Bible says God is a very present help in time of trouble. Sometime with a believer, I'll just put my arms around him and we'll pray. And I pray a short prayer. They don't need to hear a long prayer. They just need to know that God is there. So what is Paul saying? Paul is saying, I, I want to suffer. I know that there's something in this life that's just going to be difficult. Now, how did Paul know that the life of a Christian would be painful in some ways? Because Paul knew the statement that Jesus made, Mark eight thirty four. Notice what Jesus says. Then he called a crowd to him along with his disciples. And he said this. Now, this is very important. If anyone would come after me, if anybody's going to be a Christ follower, if anybody's going to be a believer, he must, number one, deny self. You're no longer boss. You do what God says. Number two, you take up your cross. That simply means that when God's will crosses my will, God's will always wins. And then... Follow me. He said, Pastor Mark, that sounds, that sounds pretty painful. Well, sometimes it is. Is it hard? Sure it is hard to deny yourself. You know what the world says today? Indulge yourself. What do you think Black Friday was about? Some of you are still asleep. Wake up, smell the coffee. You can get up at 4 a.m. to go out shopping, but you can't get here on time at 1045. <laughs> Hallelujah, I got that one in. That was good. I'm preaching now. <laughs> that may have been more me than God. That's all right. <laughs> There's a statement under that that you need to write. Oh, we do die daily, but we live for him. By the way, where was Paul when he wrote this statement about suffering? Where was Paul? He's in jail. He's in prison. He's sitting there. In fact, earlier, Paul writes this. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Paul, watch me, very important, quickly. Paul's in jail. He's suffering. He's tied to a Roman guard 24-7. He says, I want to suffer. Paul, you're already suffering. And yet, what's the whole theme of the book of Philippians? What's the whole theme? Joyful. So he knew that suffering was just part of the deal. Now, why was he okay with that? He was okay with it because he had the right perspective. 
Earlier in the book of Philippians, Paul writes this statement. Above all, writing to Christians, you must live as citizens of heaven. You see, Paul already knew his outcome. He wasn't just thinking about earth. Let me ask you a question. The last week, two weeks in your quiet time, did you, did I once think about heaven? See, everything that our focus is, is here. Guys, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, we're gone forever. So Paul says, yeah, there's going to be some suffering. There's going to be some joy. There's going to be some excitement. There's going to be some healed people. There's going to be delivery. There's going to be people raised from the dead. There's going to be amazing discipleship. And I want to know this Jesus. Because he died, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is the same power that's going to raise Paul. Let me share with you the verse that God gave me yesterday morning. It's on the overhead. The verse you know well. Galatians 2.20. Paul says this. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. It's not about me anymore. But Christ lives in me. That's a place for an amen. I'll read that again now. But Christ lives in me. Amen. If there's anything you want to ever say, it's that. But Christ lives in me. And the life I live in this old body, I don't live it by rules, regulations, dead religion. I live it by faith, believing in the Son of God. Because Jesus is real. Who loved me and gave himself for me. See, Paul isn't saying, they're going to suffer for Jesus. It's really going to be hard. I die daily. I can't stand it. No, he understood that there would be suffering. You all agreed with me this morning. Whether you're a believer or unbeliever, they're just hard times in life. But with Jesus, there's an outlook that the world doesn't have. There's a hope. I know where I'm going. The same resurrection power that put Jesus in heaven talking to the Apostle Paul is the same power that's going to raise you from the dead. And you're going to be in heaven forever with Jesus. And with us, we're family. And you're going to get a new body. No need for Black Friday sales. Perfect skin, ladies. Everything in place, ladies. Back where it should have been a long time ago. And we're going to be able to drink real coffee without weirdness. I want this last statement to go up one more time. You don't need to write it, but you need to understand it. Getting to know Jesus better is a lifelong, exciting adventure. And I want you to join me in getting to know Jesus better. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the Apostle Paul and his desire to know Christ in a more intimate way. Paul wanted to do whatever it took for him to be more like Jesus, even to the point of death. Because he trusted Jesus to raise him from the dead, death held no terror for him. We're learning about this because this is the mindset we should strive to achieve. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, 
So come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This wraps up the teaching Knowing Christ Better. Next time, we will begin the teaching Forgetting My Past. Pastor Mark will speak about the chains the past can sometimes trap us in, despite Jesus having broken them. We'll learn using the life of the Apostle Paul about the mindset it takes to put our past unregenerate life in the past and move forward with Christ. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.